it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with Sean Basto, your host here, as always. And today, it is a preview for Daniel Dubois versus Nathan Gorman, the big domestic heavyweight dust-up this coming weekend. Johnston Brown's going to join me shortly to break down the fight and our predictions for the fight. But before we do that, I just want you guys to go over and follow us on social media. Please follow us on Twitter at BTR boxing pod and facebook at btr boxing podcast if you've not already subscribed to us you can find us on apple Podcasts, on podbean stitcher spreaker player fm even spotify as well so let's get into it then this is the big domestic dust up for this weekend it's daniel dubois versus nathan gorman somebody's oh has certainly got to go Everyone's talking like he's the next big thing. Absolute dynamite. They say he's got power, but how can he hit what's not there? He's stiff, he's robotic. I'm too fast, I'm too slick. Nathan Gorman. I've sparred him before, ask him how that went. I'm going to box circles around him, make his head spin. I've been calling for this fight. He does not want it. I'm the man to beat Daniel Dubois. I'll see you on fight night. You're going to sleep. So what a great heavyweight fight we've got then, Johnston, this weekend. It's a real domestic dust-up between Daniel Dubois, Nathan Gorman. Uh, these are the types of fights that really get 
the appetite and whet the appetite for a lot of boxing fans when you see two undefeated prospects at such an early stage of the career, so to speak, getting thrown in together and somebody's always got to go. Somebody has always got to go unless it's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope it's not. Um, I really do. I hope it's a good fight. I- I'm, I'm optimistic about two British up-and-coming heavyweight prospects. Um, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult to call. It's, it's going to be a good fight to watch. They've both got slightly different styles, um, and it's just going to be interesting. Will the boxer beat the puncher? Well, we're going to break that down today, and as always in our preview episodes, we're going to go into a little bit of detail about both men's careers leading up to this particular fight. We'll talk about their keys to victory, breakdown, and as always, we'll give. Give a prediction from both of us. See, hopefully we won't be sitting on the fence for this one because it is a big domestic dust-up. So, starting off then, we'll start with Dubai first. He's been headlined as Dubai versus Gorman. So, Daniel Dubai then, he's been touted early on in his career as the second coming of <laughs> Anthony Joshua, which... You know, we, we all know how that's gone down quite recently, but yeah, he's, he's very much like, as a fighter, he's very much a similar style to Joshua. He's very sort of upright, can be labelled as maybe a little bit stiff and robotic at times, but his record speaks for itself. 11 victories, 10 by way of knockout, and he's doing really well, and I've really enjoyed watching him progress throughout especially the last couple of fights and, and mainly his last fight in April against Richard Larty. I think that was where people really started to appreciate Gorman because, not Gorman, Dubai, because of the fact that, you know, he'd not really been in a tear-up or had been in trouble as such in any of his fights and he got rocked a little bit in the Larty fight and that's where he really started to open up and then and we started to see a bit more about his heart, about his character of, of Dubai and the type of fighter he is and it's what excites me about the fight with Gorman because we've got a guy on the opposite side of the ring that is although he's a different style he's still a guy who's just as tough and can come and can bang so it's going to be a really interesting fight but Dubai then let's talk about him Johnston what do you think about Dubai's apprenticeship today I think he's been a steady progress I think he's looked he looked good he has had some good fights He's, had, he's, he's slowly developed. He's picked the, you know, uh, Warren has picked the correct opponents for him, you know, because he's only young. I mean, let's face it, he's 21 years old. He's very young. Um, I mean, what did he start when he was 18, 19? So he's a baby. He is a baby. Um, so there's no point in rushing someone like Dubois. So for me, I've, I've enjoyed watching him. I, you know, there was a lot of talk around Dubois when he, he sort of he decided to leave the Olympics, well, not go to the Olympics, I should say. Um, so that that was from that point. I mean, a lot of people made a lot of fuss about him. I asked to see the bar, but I think the first fight I asked to was the AJ Carter fight. So from that point, I mean, he knocked him out in the first round, and AJ Carter was in a bad little a bad fighter. And neither is Dorian Darch, who done in two rounds, and then DL Jones in three. So he's a steady progress, and he and he's, he's proved himself to. I don't know. It's, it's difficult because he's not really been tested. I mean, Kevin Johnson was the one that obviously tested him over the ten rounds. He was unable to put him away. And as you rightly said, the Richard, Richard Larkin fight was a really, really good scrap. I really enjoyed that four-rounder. And he did get hurt. He showed vulnerabilities in that fight. So it, it's difficult to assess. I don't think he's even lost a single round. I don't think he lost a round against Kevin Johnson. And it's the same with Gorman. So it's actually... Both developing. They're both going to get better. And it's just a matter of who's the better fighter at this moment in time. But yeah, Dubai, I think he, he, he's improved as a personality as well as a fighter. He looked a bit 
I want a bit bland. Um, but he, he seems to be coming out of his shell a bit, which is good. Yeah, he does seem to be coming out of his shell a bit. I was listening to the interview he did with uh, Bunce on Costello on Bunce's podcast and how they were talking about the fight between the two being so early on in the career and and then he was talking about shades of fights with Mike Tyson when he was younger and he was quite defiant in some of his answers and he was very stand his ground and uh, obviously it was Costello who did the interview Costello is obviously a really good journalist interviewer and you know he's asking the right questions of, of Dubai but Dubai is definitely he's definitely coming out of his shell he was very much shy for the cameras and difficult to interview and it's like trying to get blood out of stone when you try and interview the guy so personality wise he's, he's got to step it up he's got to start to to throw himself in the mix a little bit more i'm not expecting him to start going out there chucking tables you know in the in the in the final presser and obviously you know kicking off in the way and i don't expect that out of him because he seems a cool calm collected individual but we're starting to get a little bit more about him now and i think maybe that's a sense of this fight has been mooted for quite a while as in we've had frank warren talk about this fight on the burner for quite a while and Frank Warren actually didn't want this fight to happen at this point they wanted it they wanted it to burn a little bit longer to sell it more because obviously the bigger the fight becomes the bit the more money it's going to make of course and that's what he was thinking but I think it's really good that they're both going in at this stage of the career because a loss for either of these men is not really that damaging I don't think unless it's a real emphatic loss and you know one of them blows the other one out in one round then maybe but then you know going back to Callum Smith knocking Rocky Fielding out Rocky Fielding then went on to win a version of the super middleweight title and fight Canelo so really a loss here for either men is not going to be a bad thing so just going back to Dubai quickly before we move on to Gorman Dubois' apprenticeship for me has been very steady. Uh, he's he's got got some good names on his record there with Tom Little, Kevin Johnson, Kajanu, who was a mutual opponent because Gorman's also faced off with Kajanu, and then Richard Larty, which was a good fight. So so far throughout his career, he's been progressed steadily, and I think this is a real great fight for him at a great time, regardless of what people say. So Gorman, then, what are your thoughts on on Gorman's career today and and how he's gone on? I've actually enjoyed watching Gorman. I do like watching him. I, I like his style. I think he, you know, we're working with someone like Ricky Hatton as well, and in, in his corner is a major plus for Nathan Gorman. And I just, I, I think he's going to really develop. He will be a better fighter um, quicker. I think he's developed. I know he's a bit older than, than Dubois, but I think Gorman has, has shown a lot of skill in terms of the way he will. He will break an opponent down. And you know, he's a confident guy. He's a confident speaker. Obviously, he has that. That heritage uh, with his um, his great uncle Gorman, um, who was a, a boxer himself or a bare knuckle fighter um, with the track community, and um, yeah, I've just I've, you know he, obviously he will tend to go the distance. He has <laughs> the way he's been able to systematically break down his opponents, and you know people will look at say the, the Kajano fight for instance, where he went twelve rounds, and then obviously you got Dubois only won two. People. You know, you, you can make assumptions that well, actually, he's by the better fighter because you know he's got more power. But I, I think I think that the thing with Gorman is he's had those extra rounds. He's got a little bit more experience, and and he's just I just can't I, I can't see him losing the fight. I mean, I'm not I'm, not, I'm jumping the gun. Here. I don't want to uh, start predicting now, but just the way you know his performances against Sean Turner, his performances against Kajano and Johnson, he didn't. I think he's only dropped two rounds in all of his in his career so far. And I just think Hatton is great for him. He works the body really well. And I think he literally, you know, whether he could 
following the footsteps of Tyson Fury, possibly. We don't know. He's only 23. But he, he is that good. I think he could potentially move on to that stage. And, and he's really impressed me. Well, when he first came onto the scene, a lot of people were surprised by how agile he is for a guy at the time who was carrying a little bit of extra timber. And he's actually very deceptively fast for a heavyweight as well which is something that not a lot of people expect out of heavyweights they expect it to be a bit more slow and ponderous and you know it's the heavyweight fights are more explosive than they are active because you don't really get a lot of heavyweight fights with that sort of lateral movement and speed uh you know there is a few out there obviously that we know of of course but you know there's not a lot of them and and Gorman for, for me is one of them guys deceptively he looks like a guy you wouldn't expect to have that type of movement and footwork and head movement but actually he's a very very established boxer and I think this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about when we look at the keys to victory but his career today as you said you rightly pointed out some of the wins he's had on his record there Sean Turner a really good win for him uh, Dangerman journeyman Camille Sokolowski he beat him earlier on in his career in his fourth fight stopping Sokolowski and then he, he beat him again on points just last year He's a guy that's been upsetting people in the past two years. So he was a guy who was quite dangerous to, to be fighting. And he, he, you know, we dispatched him. He beat him on points, got the win. Then he's beat Kajano, who is the mutual opponent, along with Kevin Johnson, that they've both faced. Now, like you said earlier, people are talking about the fact that Dubois stopped Kajano quite handily. And Gorman only went the distance with him. You can't make anything out of that because at the end of the day, Styles do make the fights and Gorman is a, a slick boxer and, and that's something, again, that we're going to talk about shortly. But again, he picked up a points win against Kevin Johnson, which he's not out of the ordinary. That's that's Kevin Johnson's game. That's what he's been doing for for quite a while now, you know, fighting all these prospect fighters. He's essentially become the world sort of <laughs> the world level gatekeeper, yeah. so to speak. I mean, Joshua dispatched of him, but other than that, you know, not many people do dispatch of him. So, you know, he's been in with some absolutely quality class names. So to get both for both men to get that name on the record is real good for them. And obviously now we're in a position where they're gonna fight each other. Now originally this fight was supposed to be Joe Joyce fighting for the vacant British heavyweight title, but they've decided to go a completely different route now. They're deciding to go down the route which takes them to potentially a version of the world title. So they're they're on the card as well, Joe Joyce and his team against Brian Jennings, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So this fight wasn't essentially supposed to happen just yet, and it's gone into the position where both men really want this fight. Both men don't really have well, there seems to be a little bit of needle between one another due to the fact that they've sparred loads of rounds together. They, they shared a hotel room one night when they was, you know, when they was in the squad together, and there seems to be a little bit of respect there. But I, I, I fancy it as more needle. Like both men know how significant it is to propel their careers forward, and I think that's probably the tension from both sides to be honest with you both of them really want this win now it's happened none of them are backing out of the fight you know one of them could have said actually no I'll go in a different direction but both really wanted this fight and this is what we've got and for Gorman you know he's got a real established career he's had more fights he's had more rounds will that be a telling factor on the night well we're going to discuss that in a couple of moments but your thoughts on the needle between them then Johnston there's been lots to talk about from that perspective I think there's genuine dislike. I think they respect one another. I think that, you know, they're both at a similar stage in their career. 
Um, and they've, they've both not backed down. I mean, even Frank Warren recently said that he actually tried to talk both of them out of the fight because he, he didn't fancy, he didn't want them to fight himself being their promoter. But neither of them backed down. They, they would, you know, it, it's been, it, it, they've been putting this fight together and they, 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 they've decided they're going to fight each other, which is, which is great. It shows that the sort of people they are, the sort of character they, they, that they have and that, and that they believe in themselves. Uh, so I think that's where the mutual respect comes from. Um, like you say, they did have, uh, it has been mentioned, we've obviously had one, they shared a room one night in, uh, <laughs> sounds a bit naughty, <laughs> uh, shared a room one night on, on campus or whatever it was. But yeah, I'm not quite sure, you know, in terms of the sparring as well, I think the Bois said they haven't sparred Martin, Gorman Sanders sparred loads around. It, 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 they know a lot about each other. They, I think they have a, they're two completely different personalities. So they just probably just, don't really I don't think they don't like each other I don't know I think they're just it's, it's a battle isn't it you know one they want to progress and the other guys stopping them they could have gone off in completely different routes and they could have decided to say actually do you know what we'll save this fight but they've decided do you know what no let's just roll with it let's just let's get it on let's see who's the best fighter right now and um, and it's good to see it really is it's good for British boxing who would have thought that you know Anthony Joshua's losing and then you got you know um, Fury going off in his direction into America and it was sort of like it was meant to be a great year this year and then it sort of it's dipped a little bit and obviously Ruiz has, has ignited it again and then obviously now this fight's come out a lot of people have jumped on this and it's great it's great for the British boxing public for the, the public in general, I suppose. The, you know, the one thing you will say is maybe later on in their career, yeah, there would be more exposure to the general sort of boxing fans. But I think it's a really great fight. I think, uh, uh, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna give everything they've got to try and prove that they're the better man on the night. Um, and I think that's what it is. I don't think it's there is absolute genuine dislike. I just think they're just completely different people and they just wouldn't really and see eye to eye I suppose yeah and I think that's what it is he does boil down to to be fair I don't think it is anything more than that there's a little bit of this animosity there that's being built upon but for me it's a case of mm. it's, it's a way for them to move forward in the career we've got to remember the British title's on the line here as well it's not just a fight between two undefeated fighters the British title is on the line so it's a prestigious title that we that we all know and love and this is a perfect fight for them to be contesting it and I couldn't think of two better fighters at the moment domestically heavyweight wise that could be fighting for this. I mean, Joe Joyce was originally supposed to fight, as I've mentioned earlier, and I would have liked to see Joe Joyce fight for the British title and potentially pick that up, but given his age and given where he's at in his career, or even though he's had less fights because he had so much of an extensive amateur background, obviously they're really pushing his career on really, really quickly, and I understand why they're doing that. So let's move on then into keys to victory for both men starting with Dubois Dubois is known as the puncher in this one he's been billed as the puncher in this one but I think his boxing ability is actually quite underrated and I think people are not getting to see how good of a boxer he actually is because he's fighting opponents with all due respect that they've got great names they've got great resumes on the record but the guys that are there not really to win when you look at the negativity they've come into the ring with there's not really been a lot of them that have come in there thinking you know what I'm, I'm coming to get the win here they've been negated straight away by Dubois and I think the only one that for me that really came to fight was was Richard Latte. I think he was the one that came and give us a 
brilliant performance and rocked him and, and give him that shock that no one was expecting on the night. No one was expecting Richard Lardy to come there and actually rock Dubois. And that's where people start to make heads or tails of whether or not Dubois got a chin and this and that. But he came through and he weathered the storm quite easily. So for this fight with Gorman, going back on point with the key to victory, to beat Nathan Gorman, you've got to be quick you've got to be agile you've got to be constantly moving and you've got to be staying with Gorman because Gorman as we know and we're going to talk about is going to be using a lot of movement in this particular fight he's going to want his box his way through the fight but for Dubois he's going to have to keep close to him he's going to have to I think I'd like to say he's going to have to kind of turn it into a little bit of a tear up I think and I don't think that's the initial game plan that they will want to use but I think that's Possibly the only way he's going to be able to keep Gorman up close because I think Gorman would be happy to to fight on the inside as well and I think that's where the strength may play a factor on the night and I think what he's got to do is he's got to really stay close to him, he's got to try and get on his chest trying to smother the work of Nathan Gorman and I think that's the way he's going to be able to win this fight but questions are asked over Dubois stamina and whether he's got enough of it because we've not really seen him do the distance or do as many rounds as what say Gorman has so that's going to be an interesting factor on the night but how do you see in your mind Dubois having a chance to win this how would you break it down as as Dubois game plan I, I think I think Dubois I, he's got a good jab I think I think a lot of people have underestimated his jab like you said he's a better boxer than people give him you know more you know, respect for um, he, he he's shown his stamina is obviously the problem um, he for me looked tired in a couple of fights um, Alante won especially he got hurt but then he came back and he actually looked better when he got hurt um, so if, if I was Dubois in Dubois' corner I would be looking at it to try and see, to try and just feel out the fight first, first round, cut the round. I mean, you don't want to just, you don't want to be too far into the fight where you're still feeling your way in it. Because especially with Goldman, he will just continually pick you off. I think he's, he is that he's good enough to be able to do it. So, so like you say, the world will need to, he will need to get in close. He's going to need to to throw some bombs. He's going to need to. He probably would be suit, better suited if it if it became a little bit of a toe to toe slugfest, if you like, for for a couple of minutes of a, of a round or so. Um, but you know. Boyer has got the longer reach, and I, I was quite surprised by that. And he has got, a, you know, a, 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 I really like his jab. I think he's got a jab, and I think he could use that effectively in the first couple of rounds. I mean, he's got 78 reach, and Gorman has got, uh, what's he got? He's got a 73. So there is quite a distance there. If he can really get behind that jab for the first couple of rounds and just sort of, as I say, feed his way into it, and then when he sees an opportunity, he's going to have to take it. Um, with with Latte, Latte come at him. So, you know, that. That probably suited the boy because he showed he had a decent chin. To be fair, um, and, and as I say, when he got hurt, he came back. I think the danger with the boy is he could tire, and Gorman will probably look to take him into the second half of the fight. Where I think he could, you know, if if anything, I mean, he could if he tires that badly. Cause we have we've only seen ten rounds against Kevin Johnson, and Kevin Johnson, as you say, I mean, he, he's there to go the ten rounds. He's not going to get in your face, and he's not really going to put you under enough pressure at his age to do anything. Whereas Gorman will, and I think that when I look at that fight, a lot he got a lot of criticism for that fight, the bar. Um, he's let you he would have learned a lot. So hopefully he had learned enough that he just needs to be be calm and collected and not rush it 
and stay with the tactics. You know, whatever they work on, he needs to make sure he sticks with it. And I think that, for me, is the difference is where Dorman will. He will listen to him. To, to Hatton and, and, and you know Hatton was an unbelievable body puncher and I think Gorman's got that in his locker as well so he could slow the wire down even more so I, I think the one needs to get him close but I just don't I, I, personally I can't see it happening I can actually see Gorman just, just boxing his way to victory but let's just take a little pause for one moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for BTR Boxing Podcast. It's Bear Attack Boxing, providing high quality boxing gloves, boxing equipment to your suitable needs. You can find them at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and all over social media. You've got the Fight Pro One gloves, the Pluto gloves, the new Bear Attack Boxing t-shirt range, the inner gloves, the hand wraps, some great boxing products on there. So go and check them out. And also, we've got a little present for you. Because you're a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, we've got an exclusive discount code for you. Now, it's a 10% discount. And all you've got to do is when you're at the checkout and you've got them boxing gloves and that t-shirt in there that you want to buy, go onto the promo code and enter BTR10 for 10% off. And 10% is not something to be scoffed at in this day and age. It can definitely get you a few quid off them high-quality products that Bear Attack Boxing are selling. So, as a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, when you buy or purchase something through Bear Attack Boxing's website, in the promo code, enter BTR10, and you will get an exclusive 10% discount off your basket. So, please, go and take advantage of it. Follow them on social media, Bear Attack Boxing, and it's bearattackboxing.co.uk. Well, I'm going to talk about Gorman's keys to victory and then we'll go into that prediction which will give our ultimate... (laughs) 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 No, listen, don't worry, don't worry. I know you're quite passionate about what you feel about Gorman on this fight. But just breaking down then, key to victory for Gorman, I think you've kind of covered it off quite nicely in the sense that Gorman's boxing ability, for me, is probably a little bit better than what Dubois is at the moment. And I think that's going to be a telling factor. If he can use his boxing ability against Dubois, you can slow him down, he can tire him out, he can hit him and not get hit, and he can throw the shots in to the body and wear him down throughout the rounds. This issue of stamina we'll get to tell whether or not it is a true factor because we'll know whether or not after three or four rounds, if the fight's going at that point, then is he going to start to gas a little bit early on? And I think you've rightly pointed out earlier that he has in a couple of fights. And I think that's what what concerns me about Dubois. But with Gorman, I know how good he is, how fast he is, his lateral movement, his ability to, 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 to fire shots from different angles as a heavyweight is really, really good. And I think this is something that Dubois hasn't experienced in his professional outings as yet. However, one big factor that we've alluded to a little bit earlier on in the conversation was the fact that they've sparred anything near up to a few hundred rounds together. So when they get back in there, even though they've both developed as fighters over the years, it was only a couple of years ago, three years ago, that they was actually sharing the ring together quite a lot. So this, I think, will potentially be like what sparring was probably like for them. And both men have said, 
the sparring sessions between one another were quite tasty. So based on that, I'm expecting a really, really good fight. I'm expecting an exciting fight. I'm expecting Dubai to come and down, come and chase Garmin down. I'm expecting Garmin to get in and get out really quickly, use his movement to get out of there and to, to, to be able to frustrate Dubai. And that's how he's essentially going to win the fight if... He frustrates Dubois to the point he starts using excess energy by throwing shots that are missing. Dubois is going to start to slow down as the rounds go on. And I've I've obviously done a little preview for this, which you can find on easilyboxingrepeat.com, of how I think this is actually going to go down. And that leads me nicely into the predictions which you were giving a little bit earlier about <laughs> Gorman. So Gorman is your pick for the fight. You've explained why you think Gorman is going to win this fight. And to be honest, I am not far behind you. My heart says that Nathan Gorman will outbox Daniel Dubois over the course of the 12 rounds. And that is how I see the fight going down. I can't see Dubois getting him out of there earlier I can't see Dubois stopping him, although he has got the power to do so, and I'm not ruling it out. You know, I don't want people messaging me next week going, oh, no, Dubois knocked him out. It can happen, of course it can, 100% it can happen. However, from both careers, assessing both fighters, I feel that Nathan Gorman has got the ability, should he execute the game plan on the night, to beat Daniel Dubois, and I think it'll go the distance, and I think it'll be a really good tear-up, and I think it'll be an enjoyable fight for the fans. I'm not expecting a stink fest out of this one. I'll be very gutted if it does end up that way, but I really don't think it will. I think there's enough needle between these two. They've shared enough rounds in the ring to know one another to make it a tasty fight, and the styles will make the fight. Whoever implements their game plan for first essentially will for me go on to win this fight and I think it'll be Nathan Gorman I think he wins this fight hands down yeah I'm completely with you Sean I, I, I can't see it any other way I mean it's heavyweight boxing Dubois has got the power Nathan Gorman hasn't had a massive chin check so we don't know if, if Dubois was to catch him with a big shot who knows maybe that is enough maybe that will be the difference I just can't see that happening I can't see it early enough I think Gorman's clever enough to, to keep out of range um, and I think that Dubois may start to try to go on the front foot and try to, to, to wear you know getting close and, and close um, Gorman down cut off the ring and, and really get in on him um, and try and work you know get under the jab and, and throw some big shots unfortunately I just think that Dubois eventually will start to tire I may be wrong Dubois may be a bit more reserved I think that's got to be the plan for them they can't let him go out throwing bombs from the off and, and expect to get rid of him early because that will be a, I think that'd be a bad mistake and I think I think the key the key victory here the key to victory here is going to be Ricky Hatton I think he is the man that has the knowledge um, and, and he's the right man for Nathan Gorman he's progressed him well and I think he's the man that will that, that can that could be the difference in this fight I just think his advice and I think they've got a great relationship them two um, I, I mean I'm not knocking Dubois and and his and his who he's with, um, but I just think Hatton's experience and and that alone, along with Nathan's experience of the rounds he's put together, seventy six rounds of boxing, you know, compared to thirty three at this stage of your career, I think that's going to be a big influence as well. Now we've got combined, they're the two. Was it the youngest combination to fight for a world British heavyweight title as well, which is what I heard today. So you know that that, that just shows you that these two are babies. They're very young. A loss means absolutely nothing. For me, I think 
if anything, they will learn more. It may even be the guy that loses goes on to, to, to better their career when the other one might end up sort of moving on and getting done early um, against someone like, I don't know, later on, maybe if they could potentially fight. So, I mean, like Huey Fury, for me, I just that's what I, I can see for the win. I think that would be a great fight. Whether he would take a fight against one of these two, the, the winner, I think that would be brilliant. But yeah, I'm just with you. I, th- I think Gon was just going to be too good. And I think eventually, uh, yeah, either way, it could go. It could be, who knows? It could end up being an absolute slugfest and Dubois knocks you out. Who knows? But for me, I'm going Gorman. So let's move on then. We've given our predictions. We've given our breakdown for the fight. Moving on to that particular card, some great fighters on this card on Saturday night, which is going to be shown on BT Sport. It's at the O2. And we also have the return of Joe Joyce, as we was alluding to a little bit earlier, fighting mm. former World Heavyweight title challenger Bryant Jennings, which I think is a fantastic step up for him, no matter what people say. People have... You know, only a few people have been slating this fight. I have seen it on social media that people are saying, oh, no, no, this isn't a great fight for him. Right, let me just break this down to them people. I'll give you the names of the people that Jennings has been in the ring with, win or lose. So he's been in with Arthur Spilker, Mike Perez, Vladimir Klitschko, Luis Ortiz. He's been in with Alexander Dimitrenko and Oscar Rivas earlier on this year who's fighting Dillian White as we know these are great names on his record how can people sit there and say this isn't a good fight for Joe Joyce this is a brilliant fight for Joe Joyce in my opinion Joe Joyce is 9-0 and he's going into his 10th professional fight on Saturday night against Jennings and this is a guy who's been in with world level fighters with world champions how can you sit there and say that this isn't a good fight for him. Now, I know there's probably the majority of the people that are agreeing and saying this is a great fight for him, and I do believe it's a great fight. And as I said earlier, Joe Joyce is no spring chicken. He's 33 years of age. His career needs to move on. It needs to move on fast. He doesn't want to be hanging around until he's 40. He doesn't want to be Evander Holyfield fighting up until he's nearly 50. He wants to be a guy who gets in the sport, achieves something, and gets out as well. So, this is a brilliant fight. I'm looking forward to this one because Joe Joyce has been knocking all of his opponents out quite emphatically no matter what people say about him yes he looks a little bit robotic and slow himself at times but he's getting the job done he's got an amazing work rate for a heavyweight and why can't people appreciate that why can't people get behind him and want him to do well and that's my bit a little bit of a rally cry to be honest because i do (laughs) genuinely think he will get an opportunity with a a world champion and i think he will give it a good go and even if he goes out on his shield i would love to see him fight Usyk again he fought Usyk in the world series of boxing great fight Usyk dominated and beat him but you know on the world stage in the professional ranks i'd love to see that again i really would even if it went down the same way just the fact that they'd had this history together i'd love to see it so this fight for me is another real good fight on the card i I agree with you mate i think brian jennings you know he's only 34 you know joe Joe joyce is 33 he's only a year younger as you say he's had what nine fights nine fights nine knockouts is that what he is yeah exactly so he's actually you know he's had to move himself along quickly joyce isn't he you know he he is obviously you know he he stayed in the amateurs for far too long he should have left way before he did but you know he wanted that gold medal Still didn't happen from bless him, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I just think I thought, you know, Bright Jennings, is, you, you, his resume says it all. I mean, Vladimir Klitschko, Mark Perez, Luis Ortiz, you know, even Oscar Rivas recently. I mean, he, he took him to full twelve, ended up getting stopped in the twelfth. Bright Jennings is here to fight as well, by the way. If anyone thinks that he's not 
I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Jennings did pull it off and actually beat Joe Joyce. I would not be surprised. Um, I, I do like Joe. I, I would lo- I'll get behind him. You know, I love watching him during the Olympics, always did. He is constant, isn't he? He, he will constantly keep throwing shots. He's got so much energy. It's unbelievable. For, for 33, he's still pretty young. He's got bags of experience from the amateur days and in um, in uh, with the World Boxing Series as well, which is what he did. Um, up sort of, in between, sort of in between the Olympics, wasn't it? So I think that it's, it's a really great fight. I think Brian Jennings, Brian Jennings is going to bring it and I, and I, I may... I'm actually tipping Jennings to do it. I, I can't. I, I hope Joyce wins it, but I hope my heart says I, I that Joyce wins it. But my head is actually. I'm, I think Jennings is going to upset the apple cart here, and I think he's going to get the victory. Yeah, interesting. I'm going to go with Joyce, knocking him out. To be honest, but <laughs> I, I think I think I think Joyce does him. I really do. I think he's. Uh, I think, with all due respect to Jennings, I think Jennings has shown that he's got some fragilities now. And I think he's coming towards the latter end of his career, whereas Joe Joyce is pretty fresh in his professional career. Well, there's only a year difference in age. I think age will be a factor on the night. I think Brian Jennings has got a little bit older in the ring and Joe Joyce is very fresh. Even even though he looks like Mr. Roboto when he's fighting in the ring, the guy has got bags and bags of energy. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Liam Williams then is on the card as well against Kareem Ankur, which is for the vacant WBC silver middleweight title. A step in the right direction for Liam Williams. He's pushing himself on the world rankings. A win here over Ankur will give him the WBC silver middleweight title, which, as always, we discuss the rankings belts this is another rankings belt this will put him in the position to eventually fight for the wbc middleweight title in the future whoever may hold that whoever may hold that that'll be an interesting one but fair play to him you know he came back after losing twice to liam smith in 2017 and now and now he's put himself right back in position to be able to push himself on to potentially world honours. And that's brilliant. It's a brilliant turnaround. He looks like a, a career resurgence. He looks like a, a new man. And he's really, really done well over the past couple of fights. He beat Mark Efron last year. He beat Joe Mullinder in his last fight earlier on this year. And then he's fighting a guy, Kareem Akur, who's got 27 wins, 5 losses and 3 draws on his record. Whose most notable name on his record is probably David Lemieux. He lost to David Lemieux last year via unanimous decision so for me I think Liam Williams is quite a dogged fighter quite a high pressure fighter I expect Liam Williams to go in there and probably stop this guy if I'm being totally honest I think Williams is the type of guy that will push for that stoppage and I think he'll get it I really really like Liam Williams I actually tipped him for the first fight against Liam Smith so you know no one put their money on uh, Brian Jennings to beat Joyce because uh, I got that well wrong. But um, uh, Williams, I, I just, I've, you know, as I say, he's just he's, he's got full package. I think he just looks great. He, he's a great fighter. He, he's got a bit of everything, isn't he? He's got a good jab. He can work on the inside. You know, it, and, and he will get on your chest. And he doesn't go away. He, he just will keep coming. Um, and the Mark Heffron fight, I thought that was a great performance from, from Liam Williams. And he's, he's actually, he's really improved from the Smith fights. He's, them fights have helped him massively. He's only 27 years old. You know, he's moved up to the middleweight division and he looks great. I, I really think he could potentially go on to, to fight for a world title. It's, it's tough, isn't it? The middleweight division is, is a, it's a tough one. I mean, to try and get that world title shot, it, 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 it's no mean feat. Um, but as you say, you know, Karim 
Akur, is that his name? You know, he, you know, 12 rounds with David Lemieux. That's not bad going. David Lemieux knocks people out for fun. I mean, he's got a great, great left hook, that one. Um, he's French Canadian. He? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't see Liam losing the fight. I think he will um, he'll win it quite comfortably and hopefully he can move on to get a, a bigger fight. And, and I really hope he does because, he, he, you know, he works hard. And, and he's just he's great to watch. I really like watching Liam Williams. And, and good luck to him. I hope he gets, gets the victory on Saturday. Another good fight, which I think is notable for people to look out for on the card, is 15-0 Artie Sharp defending his WBO European Super Featherweight title against Jordan McCurry. Now, that will be uh, a pretty decent fight, but I'm going to go off the bat here and say that Artie Sharp is probably going to go out there and beat Jordan McCurry quite handily, and that's no disrespect to Jordy because... You know, we've covered, I've covered a few of Jordy's fights from ringside. I do think he's a, a decent operator. But you've got to look at the recent form out of his last three fights. He's lost two of them. One of them being the British super featherweight champion Sam Bowen earlier on this year. Uh, and another one to Patrick King Gam- Kamzazi, I think his name is. That was for a WBF. I don't even think the WBF was still going. WBF World Super Featherweight title via a unanimous decision in December last year. So it feels like Jordy's been given these opportunities or he's been presented with these good opportunities to fight on good shows, probably for decent money, with a title on the line, some sort of professional gold on the line, and he's taking them and he's he's thinking to himself... You've got to take this opportunity while it's there. And I'm not saying that he's just doing it for the sake of doing it, because I don't think he is. I think he's thinking, you know, a one win could could send me right into the direction I want to go, but he's probably getting paid quite well. And at the end of the day, we always talk about boxing as a sport, but a lot of people consider boxing to be more of a business than it is a sport. And money, money talks, and when you want to try and make as much money as you can before you retire, it's a very short career to have as a professional fighter. So if he's going in there and taking a good payday to go in there with an undefeated fighter in Archie Sharp, who is he's on fire at the moment. He beat Leon Woodstock Jr. a couple of fights back and then he beat Sergio Gonzalez earlier on this year so in his last couple of fights he's looked really really good a real good prospect so I'm expecting Archie Sharp to beat McCrory here and I'm expecting him to, to, to do a little bit of a number on him and he'll move on in his career and, and you know I'm looking forward to seeing Archie Sharp and you know I could be eating my words by next week McCrory could go out there and, and absolutely lay one cold on Archie Sharp and we could be talking about something different next week but I do feel like this is going to be an Archie Sharp win. I think so. Uh, Archie Sharp's from actually from Welling where I'm living in the minute. So uh, I'm backing Archie all the way. Um, he, I like Archie Sharp. You know, he, he, he's only 24. I'm expecting him to beat Jordan. I can't see it going any other way. I did see the Jordan McCrory fight. Sam Bowen. Sam Bowen was just a little above him. And I think that's pretty much going to be the same for Archie. Um, he needs to move on. And, and hopefully, even who knows, if we could see, imagine if we could see Sam Bowen and Archie Sharp at some point. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, uh, as you say, he, he got you know he, he, Leon Woodstock he put him down his first ever defeat. He was eleven out at the time, and that was it. He, he, that was his first loss before obviously his recent loss. So I, yeah, I, I can't see any other different other than Archie Sharp probably maybe stopping him. Um, yeah, I, I could see it going the distance, but you know who knows? I think Archie could stop him. Jordan obviously has been stopped uh, a couple of times, so we'll see. I can't see. It. I honestly can't see 
Jordan Wood in the fight. I, I think Archie, the old sharpshooter from Williams, is going to do it. So, also on the card, super flyweight Sonny Edwards, 11-0, fighting for the vacant IBF international super flyweight title against Haram Gallardo, who's 12-2-2. Sonny Edwards is really pushing on, giving a bit of stick to Prince Patel on social media this week. I noticed he's... Uh, point <laughs> he put one of <laughs> prince patel's recent fights up there and, and and basically he's giving the guy a lot of shit as is a lot of people on social media at the moment because he's taking fights against guys that look like they shouldn't even be fit to be in the ring and a fair play to him is he looking for a fight against patel i don't know maybe he is maybe he wants that fight because you know patel's got this real high ranking with the ibo at the moment and he's not really fought anybody to be able to justify that high ranking but yeah, Sonny Edwards is a guy who really wants to push on his career. He's got to get a Pascalado on Saturday night, which I think he'll do, and I think he'll do it uh, comfortably, and I think he'll look good in doing it as well. And I think he'll probably push on and try and maybe push for a fight with someone like Prince Patel should he come through his fight coming up on Friday as well. So Sonny Edwards is on that card. Making up that card then, also, we've got Hamza Shiraz, 8-0, fighting Scott James, Willie Hutchinson, we've got Dennis McCann, Florian Marku, you see him a lot on the Goodwin boxing shows down at the York Hall, has a real strong Albanian following, we've got Jonathan Paleta, 5-0, Jake Petit, 5-0, Mark Chamberlain, 2-0, and the debut of Mickey Burke also making up that particular card. So, it's a decent bill. I'm, I'm happy to get boxing back on this weekend. It's really been quiet this past week with no major shows on. Because of the cancellation of the Matchroom show in the past week, we didn't get anything over the weekend. So, this coming weekend, we've got this show, which I'm really, really looking forward to. But also, Johnston, there was some stuff going on in America as well. Yeah, uh, Shaker Stevenson, uh great fighter. I uh, really enjoy watching Sugar Stevenson. Um, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know too much about the guys fighting, um, but I mean, I'm just expecting Stevenson to do the business. He's just looked great. He's one of those fighters that, you know, he, he's up there with, with the Lopez's and, uh, you know, and a couple of others uh, that, you know, Hanley, he's just good. I, I can't see him not becoming an elite fighter in the next few years. He looked great and he's just got better and better every time I've seen Stevenson so really looking forward to seeing him fight Saturday I think he's, he's going to do the business again and, and hopefully you know sooner or later he's going to be in a, in a major fight and I'm looking forward to that so something that I also wanted to touch on letting our listeners know what else is going on this weekend it all starts on Friday on Friday we've got two bills going on so we've got this <laughs> we've got this bit of a <laughs> yeah exactly I know where we're going to go with this <laughs> we've got this bit of a joke fight between Amir Khan and Billy Dib for the WBC International Welterweight title happening in Saudi Arabia. He was supposed to be originally fighting Goya, who was a kickboxer and he had a car crash and now he's fighting Billy Dib who had been retired for a little while and now seemingly come out of retirement who originally I think he fought down in I think it was featherweight or even super featherweight divisions and now he's up at the welterweight division fighting Amir Khan I'm not really interested in the fight I'll be totally honest with you it's not a fight that appeals to me but it is happening over the weekend as well as our very own Prince Patel as we were talking about 19-0 with one draw on his record he's actually fighting for the IBO world bantamweight title which is why Sonny Edwards has been giving him some shit because he's actually fighting for a world title although it's not the world title that most people think of WBO, WBA, WBC and obviously the IBF it's still 
uh, the IBO is actually becoming a little bit more recognised as of late with some of the bouts that they're putting on. But this just kind of is a bit of a stinker to me because they're putting Prince Patel in. He's fighting a guy who, again, I can't even comment on because I don't even know him. He was 18-1. and one. So we've got that on the card. We've got Huey Fury against Sam Peter. I'm not happy with it. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with it. I don't understand... I don't understand where they're taking Huey Fury. Mate, I don't get it. For me, Huey, Huey Fury is... I, I don't get it. I really don't want to see it. I was like, what? I, I didn't... You know what? I thought... I thought... Uh, with Sam Peter, I thought he was done. You know, Samuel Peter. I, I'm surprised. Are you still going? To be honest with you, um, you might as well put Hugh Fury up against uh, Danny Williams. No offense to Danny, but you know, seriously, it is just yeah, ridiculous. It's the to the point in that fight at all. Um, I think, if anything, as I say, as I've even mentioned earlier, Hugh Fury should be looking at fighting like the winner of Dubois and Gorman or something like that. You know, he's in that. He's he's lost to Parker and he's lost to Pulev, and you know, he, even like someone like a Povetkin, you know, just get him. So you can get him a big name. I mean, he, he could. He, it could be, could I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't understand it. Huey Fury's still young. He's a young lad. And it's just a pointless waste of time. I don't see any point in it whatsoever. So I'm with you, mate. I think Fury needs to be setting his sights a lot higher than he is at the moment. Because he's, he's becoming a forgotten man at the minute, you know, the way things are going. Um, so I, I don't understand it. I'm completely baffled. I'm, it baffles me, mate. It's, it's, it's terrible, to be honest with you. You know, with the greatest of respect to Team Fury, this this isn't the fight they should be taking. Yeah, I know it's going to be in Saudi Arabia and it's going to be on Channel Five and blah blah blah. But this isn't this isn't the fight he should be taking at this stage of his career. The thing is, this guy Huey Fury has been in with world champions or former world champions in Pulev and in Joseph Parker and he went the distance with both of them and yeah obviously the Pula fight he suffered a really bad cut at the end of the first round one of the worst cuts you've ever seen and he managed to get through the whole fight he didn't look great he looked really sluggish really sloppy but that's understandable given the state of his cut understandably so however why would he go and fight a guy who is basically the Nigerian version of Danny Williams, as you say, you know, the Nigerian nightmare. The guy should have been retired a long time ago. I don't understand it. I'm, again, it's it's not really... It doesn't look good for Huey Fiore. They need to push him in the right direction. He's still promoted by Hennessy, I think, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Hennessy's... I don't think he's doing a good job of putting him in the right direction. The best thing he's done for him so far is get him that fight with Joseph Parker, I think, and, and, and pushed him into the fight with Pulev. But other than that, they, they should be pushing Fury on now. He's, I think he's a, I think he's a very good operator at the world level, and I think on one night, he might potentially go in there and, and beat a, a really good fighter, a really good former world champion, or a prospect at a world level. I really do think he would, but when you're putting him in fights like this, I don't think he's going to go very further than where he's been at the moment as well so that is a difficult one but anyway I don't want to dwell too much on that uh, we've also got Mick Hennessy's son Michael Hennessy Jr also on that particular card he fought the Victoria Warehouse on the undercard of Huey Fury's last fight he's making his second professional outing on that particular card as well so also on Friday then John Stern at the Liverpool Olympia MTK continuing their trend of Friday fight nights Jazza Dickens making his return against 
against Nathaniel May, which is for the IBF European featherweight title. We've got Martin Murray still campaigning on, still wants to push on for one more big fight in his career. Terry Flanagan making his return. We've got Gerard Carroll, Natasha Jonas, John Quigley, Craig Over, and Sam Maxwell all making up this particular card in Liverpool, which is on paper a really, really good card. Some real good names on there. We've got obviously world title challenger Martin Murray in there. We've obviously four four time world title challenger. We've got Terry Flanagan, former world champion, Natasha Jonas, and we've got Sam Maxwell in there. He looked really good in his last outing as well. So actually it's a it's a really decent card to be catching. Catching up with on a Friday night if you want to catch some boxing and you want an alternative to the offering that is on on Channel 5. So I'm really looking forward to the Friday fight nights. That card in, in Liverpool, the MTK card, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, it sounds like a matchroom card, doesn't it? It's crazy. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I'm really pleased with that. I think that's, they're, they're, they're really making waves. Um, uh, it's just, it's great, really. I mean, you know, to get the names like Martin Murray and Flanagan and even Joe. Uh, that, that's just in, in it really uh, by, by the sounds of it I'll be watching that and then recording the Channel 5 I'm, I may I may watch it I may not I don't know <laughs> depends I might, I might wait to find out what happens on social media and see if it's all worth watching on Channel 5 but yeah really yeah, that's just that's that's a, that's a really credible card and, and yeah long may it continue basically and good luck to them so that's about it I think for all the boxing that's coming up over the weekend uh, any news this week Johnston that you wanted to discuss um, the only the only other one was uh, Ray Vargas is fighting as well um, Saturday night. Um, oh, again, I'm not too sure who he's fighting. He's the only, that was the only other card I noticed over in uh, in, uh, in America. I'm not even sure what state he's in. To be honest with you, but that was that was the only other thing I I, I see recently. Um, yeah, other than that, no, just just looking forward to to the Goldman uh, Dubois fight and and just seeing how it all pans out really. And you know, it's gonna be, it's a really interesting dust up and. Great to see two young prospects, you know, going for it and putting on, you know, a brave. It's brave from the pair of them, and and I'm sure the British fans, the British boxing fans, are get right behind them. And I'm really pleased for both. And whoever wins, wins. Whoever loses, loses. It doesn't matter. We, you know, we need to make sure we back these guys, whether they win or lose. Don't jump on the bandwagon and start flagging these guys off if they do lose. That's the last one. They're both young fellas, and we just need to get behind them both. Let them entertain us for the night, and then back them both of them and hopefully they can push on to, to better things yeah I totally agree I think this is a brilliant fight for Saturday night really looking forward to it I hope all the listeners I hope you guys are listening and you're looking forward to this one too because it is a real good domestic heavyweight dust up think of all the great domestic heavyweight dust ups we've had over the years Lennox Lewis Frank Bruno David Hay David Chisora David Hay Tony Bellew we've had some fantastic nights over the past 15 20 years as low more where that came from but this is another one this is another domestic dust up on saturday night it's o versus o somebody's always got to go unless it's a draw as johnston says it's going to be a great <laughs> fight i'm really looking forward to it so if you've enjoyed listening to the preview for dubai versus garmin as always go and find us and let us know on social media we really appreciate any feedback that we get we're on btr boxing pod on twitter and on facebook at btr boxing podcast you can find us and subscribe to us on apple podcast on podbean stitcher spreaker player fm even spotify if you've enjoyed listening to the episode as always please go and leave us them ratings they really really help us get watching it on saturday guys it's going to be a fantastic fight dubai versus gorman who's going to win tune in and find out the dream is made real ricky Hatt rocks the world and he 
Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.